0: I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Horizon shine, nerds! Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of two, with a third coming, literally, probably, as we speak, <laughs> a Green Lantern fan and a Funko Pop collector. And this past week, we had a, a kind of low-key week, because honestly, we weren't sure if we were going to be recording at all because of Baby Watch 2020. Uh, so we, we, we had a scare earlier. Th- well, not a scare, rather, but we, we thought earlier in the week, last week, that it was happening, and then it didn't happen. But uh, just, just to be safe, we kind of canceled recording shows. But then as the days went on and the baby didn't come, we're like, okay, well, maybe I need to make some stuff up. Mo already has plans with family and stuff, so I made some very low-key episodes. We didn't do a whole lot, but we talked about a lot of stuff. On today's show here, this rollback, we're going to be bringing you the main topics where we talked about... DC comic movies. We talked about the nineteen worst ones. We talked about the nineteen best ones, and we talked about the nineteen that are still yet to come, but have been announced. Uh, a lot of a lot of DC movie talk. So if you're into that kind of thing, then you're going to enjoy today's show. But uh, our full shows are still available on the podcast form. Uh, they'll be available in a post either today or tomorrow on LoveDiner.com. So you'll be able to. to to hear everything that we talked about throughout the week uh, right then and there. But since you're here for the meat segments, let's dive right in and talk about the 19 worst DC Comics movies first. It is time to rank the 19 worst DC Comics movies, according to me, and uh, there might be some light spoilers. I'm going to try and keep it as spoiler-free as possible, just in case you want to watch these uh, without without uh, having them ruined for you in advance. Don't worry, they're going to ruin themselves, uh, but, you know, still, I'm going to try and be nice, so... Let's start with number 19, uh, which this would be the least worse of the worst. We're going to get progressively worse as we go, just to be clear in the rules here today. Number 19... Batman Vs. Superman, The Ultimate Edition. Now, this movie is going to get its own spotlight separate from the normal edition, the original theatrical release of Batman Vs. Superman, because if you watch The Ultimate Edition, It is essentially, fundamentally, a completely different movie. It changes the narrative and tone. It changes how we view the character of Superman in the the scope of the DC Extended Universe. I mean, it's it's still not a great movie. (laughs) And it's three freaking hours long, which was one of the reasons why it got chopped to bits by Warner Brothers for the theatrical release but it is a gigantic improvement over the original which we'll talk about a little bit later but if you're gonna watch a version this is the version to watch number 18 2019's Joker movie Look, uh, I'm probably going to get some pushback from this, from having it on the list of the worst DC movies. Look, I I get it. And I watched it. And I didn't hate it. But (laughs) (laughs) the movie is so, so dark and so (sighs) unredeeming. And I I get that—that's what this is supposed to be. I get this is supposed to be how the Joker kind of became a villain in this, you know, this version of the Joker. But movies, even movies that revolve around villains, tend to have some sort of hopeful bent to them, and this this makes you this makes you feel bad. To know (laughs) That the stuff that happens in this movie It's actually kind of happening In society Like Comic books are supposed to be fantastical And they're supposed to be uh, Slightly outpacing Our normal world And this brought it To uh, A too realistic level this brought it to a level that just made us realize, oh yeah, we can't even have fun in movies to escape the uh, garbage that's going on on our planet right now. Uh, was it? I mean, it was well. It was well written. It was. It was great. It just. It's a soulless, meaningless experience. It's just. It's just reveling in humanity's darkest parts, and. I don't know. I don't. I, I I feel like at the end of a movie you should go out feeling better for the experience, and I felt worse for the experience. I felt I felt like a worse human being having watched the Joker, and that's nothing against Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix, who did a, a a phenomenal job in the role. I mean, it's <laughs> the movie's well done. It's just the uh, the the. Overall experience, not on the high end for me. Number 17, V for Vendetta. Another one I'm probably going to get a little bit of pushback on. Uh, you know, it's it's it was very well made. It's very watchable. I just, it, it doesn't make you feel much. <laughs> there's no, there's not a whole lot of uh, 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 emotional turmoil that puts you through good or bad. It just kind of exists. You can try and talk me out of it. I just... I can't. <laughs> Number 16 is 1989's Batman movie. Oh, I'm just not going to make a lot of friends with this list. Look, it <laughs> it was the first real, like, dark Batman movie. Tim Burton, of course, brought his usual Tim Burton-ness to it. It's just... <laughs> it's not a great story <laughs> it's not really that good it kind of messes up the whole joker batman canon uh i mean look jack jack nicholson of course was was pretty iconic in that first real big motion major motion picture version of the joker um <laughs> michael keaton is batman was uh an unlikely choice then still feels like an unlikely choice now but he did an okay job this was more this was more about the script to me than anything else uh but it did kind of set the tone for batman movies so i mean there's there's a lot to love about the movie uh even just the nostalgia of it sure and that's why it's high on the list of the worst and not low on the list of the worst But uh, still made the list, in my opinion. Number 15 is uh, one that I don't want to put on the list because I loved this movie, but I have to be honest and (laughs) and acknowledge the problems with it, and that is Green Lantern. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Jeff Johns' era Green Lantern, which this this movie was based on. Uh, I have every single every single comic book from that roughly ten year run where Jeff Johns was in charge of the Green Lantern story. It had the amazing Sinestro Corps War in it. It had the rise of all the different colored spectrum lanterns. We saw the fantastic, I mean, just maybe one of the best DC Universe crossover events ever with Blackest Night. Where they, it's, oh, it, it, this is, it's the DC Universe's zombie apocalypse. It was fantastic. Uh, brightest Day, not as great, but still a cool concept. Something new that had not been done. Uh, War of the Green Lanterns. I mean, the whole thing. It was a beautiful, beautiful masterpiece. He even gave us an ending. He did something at the end of that run that no other comic book, you know, normal, series like not limited run series no other main title had done he gave us an ending to the green lantern story now of course it's all been thrown out the window with the next writer that took the helm and you know just rearrange everything to keep the story going and i expect that but I can feel okay not purchasing any more Green Lantern comics because I have a book that's called The End that shows us how everything ends in the Jeff Johns version. Um, But all my love for that comic series aside, the Green Lantern movie was trying to do too much uh, too quickly. The the story it was trying to tell was both how... uh, how Jordan became Green Lantern and the beginning of the whole Sinestro uh, Parallax story. Both of those are two completely separate events separated by a lot a lot of story including Hal Jordan being infected by Parallax and turning evil and then dying and then becoming the spectra specter and then coming back to life i mean it's it's there's a there's a whole lot that they had to try and cram together and it was too much it was too much for them to do i mean the opening credits or not a credits but the opening scene was a you know a narration that seemed to take five to ten solid minutes of uh you know, trying to explain the backstory, and even then, it was going so quickly that it didn't make much sense unless you already knew most of this stuff from the comics beforehand, and there just aren't as many Green Lantern fans as there are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman even, I don't know, Aquaman and Green Lantern might be about on par when it comes to how many fans there are, because he's kind of an outlier from the main... Trinity, you know, section. So this movie came uh, on top of that. It had a very heavy over-reliance on CGI, kind of cartoony effects, which makes sense in the Green Lantern universe. That's how the comic books are. I mean, they're powered literally by light. So it's going to be light and, you know, bright and weird, and they can literally create any object they can think of with their ring, and many times in the comic book, yes, they are cartoony, gimmicky, fun kind of things, because they can, didn't translate all that well on the theater for the time it came out in. Because in 2011, big blockbuster superhero movies were starting to shy away from the overly campy, cartoony versions of superheroes for the more gritty real Kind of versions of superheroes. I mean, even the Marvel movies had this more realistic feel to it, and that's what people were kind of expecting from their superhero movies at the time, and even today. So it wasn't horrible, it was just too cartoonish. Uh, again, the story wasn't perfect. I do, though, believe that if they had stuck with it, and bumped into the second movie, which was supposed to be The Rise of Sinestro. We got past all of the weird story world building in that first movie that didn't take. If they'd have gone ahead and done a, a number two, done a, a Green Lantern 2, The Rise of Sinestro, I think it would have been phenomenal. I think it would have knocked the socks off the first one. And then if the third one was going to be the Sinestro Corps War, holy cow. Oh. I mean, imagine, imagine a world where people liked Green Lantern. Could have been great. This one hurts. I'm just saying. I'm talking about this one a lot longer than the other one so far because this one hurts me. It hurts me deep down to even have on this list. Let's move on. Number fourteen, Watchmen from two thousand nine. Uh, there, there's, there's a subsection of comic book nerds who really, 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 really love the Watchmen. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't care for it all that much. I never really have, and so me putting it on this list is not a personal thing. As a movie, I just don't think it's as great as it's been hyped up to be. Now, again, this might be this might be me coming at the Watchmen like non Green Lantern fans came at Green Lantern. Uh, but look, if if I had to deal with it for Green Lantern, then you have to deal with it for the Watchmen. <laughs> Number thirteen: Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, the uh, theatrical version, which again totally different from the director's cut. Uh, it's a total mess. Uh, it's a total mess that basically makes you hate Superman. Uh, also turns Batman into kind of a crazy person, uh, more so than he is supposed to be anyway. it's It wasn't a great movie. Ben Affleck as Batman, fantastic. Henry Cavill as Superman, fantastic. But that doesn't do anything To save this very bad story that was made even worse by the WB chopping it all into pieces and then giving us this weird disjointed movie that had several strange threads and plot lines just left dangling in the wind. Now, a lot of that was answered by putting those scenes back in in the director's cut. Um, So that's why this is worse than that one. But uh, uh just, yeah, skip. just don't watch this version. That's essentially what I'm saying. If you're going to watch Batman vs. Superman, buckle up for the three-hour adventure of the director's cut because it makes so much more sense and it paints the heroes in a slightly better light. This one, just, nah. It felt like they were trying to do too much too quickly. We needed a dedicated real Man of Steel 2 before we got to this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I mean, I can't, just, it was bad. I wanted it to be so much better than it was, and it was bad. Number 12, The Dark Knight Rises. Just get your tomatoes ready, I get it. Look, of of the trilogy, of the Dark Knight trilogy, I think all of us would agree this was the worst of the three movies. Tom Hardy is Bane? Amazing, amazing front to back. I love this take on Bane, this kind of more intellectual version of Bane. It was, it was fun. But (laughs) this, this, this felt like Christopher Nolan taking what he had built in the first two movies and trying to go full bore Hollywood just just plot points being crammed into place by sheer force of will, whether or not they make any sense. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, we have the, uh, the nuke on a countdown clock trope. <laughs> it just... No, you know, there 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 was a lot to love about this movie for sure, and it was a it was an alright ending for the Batman trilogy. It just <laughs> the Batman Begins trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, whatever you want to call it. It just uh <laughs> It fell it fell a lot more flat compared to the original two. Um It was weird to see them try and do basically batman's full journey in just three movies and so he's he's significantly apparently significantly older and injured at the beginning of this movie and you know we see three crises with batman essentially and then he's done being batman forever which just did not didn't it fell too short like a too short of a, a run as a superhero uh but okay, I guess. Look, it's not bad, and if you're gonna watch the first two, you have to watch this one. It's just not great. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, number uh, what number are we on now? Number 11, Superman 3 from 1983. This, uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree. <laughs> One of the worst superhero movies. One of the worst Superman movies. (laughs) Why? Why did it need to be some sort of strange buddy cop pair up with Richard Pryor? (laughs) I'm still laughing at the premise of this when I first watched it. I first watched it as a kid. And uh, I loved Richard Pryor as a kid, and I still—I mean, I still do. Um, You know, I've seen him in a lot of movies uh, that I remember fondly, but this is not one of them. Oh, the plot, the the threat, the weird weather satellite causing bad weather—it was just all too much, too much. But uh, we did have that weird scene where Clark Kent fought Superman, so got that going for it. <laughs> Number 10, Batman and Robin from 1997. Look, this one kind of hurts me to put it on, on uh, the list, too, because this is the first uh, DC superhero movie I saw in theaters, and the the crowd was so packed. It was opening night. I got to go, and I went by myself. Uh, And it was, the theater was so packed, there was one seat left and it was the very front row all the way on the left. So I'm sitting there craning my neck as a kid. And if you remember, it opens up with the Batman logo covered in ice coming out and then it shatters out of nowhere. And I jumped a thousand feet in the air in that theater uh, when that happened because I was so close to it and there was a speaker right above my head but uh, this movie was, this movie was fun. (laughs) I I still remember it being fun, (laughs) but it is rightly hated. (laughs) The the story, the campiness, the, the over the top jokes, it's like a strange mixture of Tim Burton's Batman And the, uh, the, the old Batman, the, the, the Adam West Batman's campiness, uh, amped up for, for the (laughs) nineties. Look, I, it's, it had a killer soundtrack. I still, uh, contend to this day. Um, it was just, it was a bit, it was a bit much. It was a bit much. The puns. The the Arnold Schwarzenegger ice puns a bit much. Uma, there's so many puns. This movie was just pun pun city. From every character, every character was just punning it up the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I do think this was maybe the most comic accurate version of Bane, uh, which I I did like. Um, Uma Thurman. <laughs> I don't know I never felt like Uma Thur- I felt like even when I was a kid I felt like Uma Thurman was acting as if she didn't actually want to be in the movie <laughs> everything's just so over the top that it's 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 bad almost in a good way you know it's bad in a way that you want to watch it <laughs> number uh number nine the losers uh look this uh this movie had Chris Evans Address Alba Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Zoe Saldana in it like amazing actors that uh, many of whom would continue on in more superhero movies in the future (laughs) just not as these characters uh I don't understand how this movie wasn't amazing. Um, It just wasn't. Did did you even remember it existed? I'm sorry if I had to remind you of that. Speaking of things, I'm sorry to remind you exist. Number eight, Catwoman. Thoroughly horrible. Uh, Still kind of amusing on the same level as Batman and Robin, but it's just, it's... it's... (laughs) It's been swept into the litter box of history for good reason. Just, did you remember it happened? Did you? Or did you try and scrub it out of your brain like I did? Number seven also hurts my heart to put on this list, but it's Man of Steel. Like, it definitely could have been worse. But there's a lot in this movie that just makes it hard to enjoy as a Superman movie. Like comparing it to the Christopher Reeve Superman, even the uh Brennan Ralph Superman movie, it's it's so it's so bleak. Like mean, Superman's supposed to be you know, give you hope. I mean that's what the symbol on the chest is about. And instead we see Superman struggling. To be Superman, which is not a story that's not worthy of telling. Don't don't get me wrong. It's just not, I guess, what we were expecting. Most of the Superman uh, comics that deal with his origin are, are quick to jump into the hope aspect. And this instead saw him letting his father die for no reason. Just because his dad said, stop and don't, because he was afraid of of having his son reveal himself, you don't do that. You go save your father if you have the ability to. There's no reason to hide yourself in that moment. Consequences be darned. Go do what you have to do. So that, at the beginning, just kind of set the tone for what's going to be a depressing Superman movie. And so, number one, he lets his father die. And then at the end of the movie, and I know I said no spoilers, but here we go. I got to talk about this. At the end of the movie, he kills Zod. Now, I don't have as big of a problem about this as most people did. Because I saw this, again, as what it was. Superman trying to be Superman. And he's in a situation where, as addressed at the beginning of Superman vs. Batman, Dawn of Justice this fight is causing so much destruction and death already and Zod is basically making the claim that he's not going to stop and so Superman has to do what he has to do in that moment and he has to take his life there's nothing he can do to stop him they're too evenly matched and so what he has to do is kill him and you saw how, how it broke his heart You saw him scream in his own pain and anger, not at the fact that there was a villain, but at the fact that he had to make that decision to kill him instead of capturing him, sending him back, any of the other options that are usually given to superheroes. He had to make that decision. And that would likely, likely form how he would choose to handle villains moving forward. This was his first official villain as a superhero. And so I don't, I don't, I don't hate the movie. I just wish, (laughs) I just wish it felt more like a Superman movie. And that's kind of the problem I have with a lot of the DC properties lately. Is that they've straight they, they stray too far from the comics. I understand DC stuff has always been a bit darker than Marvel stuff, and that's that's a tone that they're definitely sticking with. You watch Titans, you watch Doom Patrol or whatever. It's it's you know dark. But Superman's kind of supposed to be the opposite of that. Superman was always been the, the multicolored symbol of hope. And so if you're going to take the time to make a movie about him, which this took forever, I remember waiting on this for years in anticipation, it should have that same hope. As much crap as, as we're going to give Brandon Routh Superman Returns and you know the original Superman uh, 3 and 4, at least there was this monochrome of hope to it that made it feel a little bit better. Uh, Though some of them might be lower On this list for other reasons but Still Good well definitely well Acted and Not a bad watch Just Not a great one Number six Justice League The Josh or Josh I can't say his name ever Joss Whedon cut Of the Justice League Which is just um, A disaster Start to finish, try to marvel up the movie a bit and add a lot more humor and brightness to it, which uh, that's not what we needed at this point. I know I was complaining about this, with just this last movie with the Man of Steel, but now we have this established universe. We can't just suddenly flip the tone. (laughs) I mean, the fact that this movie existed at all is probably... A bad thing because it shouldn't have happened this quickly. Uh, for some reason, DC's DC was trying to just jump ahead a whole lot, uh, just real quick. Let's just get them all together and try and catch up with Marvel, and it was a bad idea. And I remember, I'm okay. You might not be able to tell it from this list, but I'm I'm generally very forgiving of bad movies. I want to find reasons to like it. And I remember seeing this. This has been the dream, man. A Justice League movie. Been the dream since I was a kid. Superman, Batman, The Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg. Where was Green Lantern? I really wanted Green Lantern in there. But anyway, having all those superheroes on screen together. That was the dream. And I remember watching this. And the first thing that... Made me go, oh, this is going to be bad. Happened really early on. Batman catches one of the, um, I don't even remember what they're called now. One of those little flying dudes, minions uh, of Steppenwolf. And Batman, the the guy explodes and leaves behind a splatter representing the three mother boxes. (laughs) What, what, how would that even, how would that even happen? How does that make any logical sense? His guts splattered in the shape of three mother boxes and that's supposed to be some sort of driving forward story point that actually helps Batman figure out what's going on? His green blood splatter? How would that even happen? That doesn't make any sense. And I remember seeing that, thinking, oh gosh. (laughs) What have we gotten ourselves into? (laughs) And and the less said about (laughs) about Henry Cavill's CGI mouth, the better. The unsettling lip jumping. Somebody on YouTube fixed it <laughs> to where it looked 90% better. <laughs> Why didn't you hire the YouTube guy <laughs> to fix the lip? <laughs> oh, 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 it's just so sad. Number 5 Steel from 1997. Uh this is the one that Shaq was in back when Shaq was trying to be an actor. Uh it was about on par with his other movies like uh uh Kazam. <laughs> but this is bad in a fun way just like uh, Kazam. <laughs> Like, this is one of those movies that's so bad, it's really fun to watch. And so, if you just come into it knowing it's going to be a bad movie, you wind up enjoying it anyway. It, like, comes around in this weird full circle. Uh, it's it's definitely the fun kind of bad. So, uh, comparing it to other DC movies, yeah, it's got to be really low on the list, but it's surprisingly one I'm going to tell you to go watch. Find it somewhere. I'm not sure where it's streaming. Probably on HBO Max somewhere. Uh... Go watch it. <laughs> Number four, Suicide Squad from 2016. Uh, <laughs> another one that I really wanted to like. Every, with with every passing DC extended universe movie, I've wanted to love it, and I've wanted to be the one that writes the ship. And this was certainly um, an interesting take. Uh, kind of fun in parts. I mean, of course, Harley Quinn fantastic uh w- will smith's version of deadshot not not that bad really uh pretty pretty good uh jared leto's joker <laughs> i don't know has potential maybe but <laughs> this movie didn't really do all that great uh, uh uh yeah so you know who knows where that character was gonna go uh, of course we saw a glimpse of what the future jared leto, leto joker was gonna look like in the snyder cut of Justice League, but, um, just, yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was less a movie and more like, uh, a, a series of weird fever dreams. <laughs> I mean, it had a good, it had good intentions. It was just weird. The, 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 bubbly face villain minions were gross. (sighs) I don't know. And there's an extended cut version of this, too, because, of course, Warner Brothers did what Warner Brothers do and chopped it up a bit. But uh, in this rare instance, it doesn't make it any better. So what can you do? Number three, 1984's Supergirl. A a female superhero movie in the eighties like this existed. Uh and it was just pure garbage. <laughs> just a cheese fest from start to finish. Uh trying to capitalize on the Christopher Reeve Superman popularity. Uh it's just, oof. uh uh it's <laughs> just uh, no no. This is not the good kind of bad. Don't watch it. It's just forget it. Forget I said anything. If you didn't know it existed, just keep living your life that way. Number 2, Jonah Hex. Uh there's not much to say about this movie. I don't really care for Jonah Hex as a comic book character either. It's just it's a weird carryover from when DC used to do all kinds of different comics and they had western tales and for some reason we just need to keep Jonah Hex going Um, the the mouth in the comics is gross enough Josh Brolin's version in the movie is even worse Uh, Michael Fassbender also yeah just I mean good, good actors just one of the worst comic book movies of all time and number one the worst DC Comics movie of all time, Superman IV: The Quest for Peace. Look, uh, in my opinion, Christopher Reeve is still the best Superman, like far and away. But this movie <laughs> was was a bomb in in the truest sense of the word. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was propaganda. I mean it was it was a political propaganda piece. Whether you agreed with it or not, you have to agree that that's what this was. <laughs> it was very heavy-handed about bombs, nuclear bombs, uh the nuclear threat, which sure, yeah, I guess that would have been enough. We had him in a had Superman in a courtroom. That's fun. Uh a very badly dated vil- villain named nuclear man who had gross long gold fingernails for some reason uh, just i mean <laughs> it had great intentions <laughs> with what it was trying to do it just made it so silly and absurd and superman throws like a big ball of nuclear weapons out into space like into the sun and the sun eats them all up and and that's great but you're going to do that every year because i'm pretty sure pretty sure the nations are just going to keep building nuclear weapons so we're just going to keep throwing big balls of nuclear weapons into space that's going to be your new role now superman just collecting all the nukes throwing them into the sun it's not a comic i'm going to want to read just saying and those were my my 19 worst DC Comics movies. Uh, like I said, some of them were hard to put on the list that I, I don't want them to be there. Uh, some of them were very, very easy to put on the list. Tell me where I'm wrong. You know, head, head on over to backroaddiscord.com join our discord and hop in the uh, after show chat and let me know where i'm wrong and why this movie that you love should not be on the list <laughs> i i would love to hear it you might even change my mind uh as for tomorrow come back because we're going to talk about the 19 best dc comics movies History, a cross between an English white collar worker and a rabbit. History. That's how science fiction writer Al Sprague de Comp described Hobbits in his review of The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. Overall, he thought the story was a big, leisurely, colorful, poetical, sorrowful, adventuresome romance. The Fellowship of the Ring, the first of the three volumes of the epic novel series The Lord of the Rings, was released in the UK on July 29, 1954, and pulled in quite a few positive reviews at the time. Novelist H.A. Blair wrote in the Church Quarterly Review that the work told Poetic Truth, Appealing to unconscious archetypes, and that it had a lot of Christian echoes and emphasis. Catholic reviewer Christopher Derrick wrote in the tablet that Tolkien displayed amazing fertility in creating his world and almost succeeds in devising an elevated diction. The novelist Naomi Mitchison praised the work in The New Statesman and Nation, stating that, above all, it's a story magnificently told with every kind of color and movement and greatness. And Tolkien's friend and fellow author C.S. Lewis wrote in The Time and Tide that the book created a new world of romance, and myth without allegorical pointing, with a powerful sense of history. However, not all the reviews were positive. Poet W.H. Auden claimed that the attempt at light humor in the beginning of the book was not Tolkien's forte, and literary critic Edmund Wilson wrote an unflattering review entitled, Ooh, Those Awful Orcs, where the reviewer goes on to list many of these praises and then says, How can so many people love what I consider balderdash? In a direct quote from the review, he says, The answer is, I believe, that certain people, especially perhaps in Britain, have a lifelong appetite for juvenile trash. Yikes! Of course, a couple negative reviews did nothing to slow down this classic in the making. Even now, the series grows with six different movies and a Netflix series on the way. Not to mention the millions of people in every generation since its release that have fallen in love with the series. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more It is time to rank the 19 best DC Comics movies ever. We're going to start at the bottom and go all the way up to the top. Number 19 Batman the Movie from 1966. Adam West, (laughs) I mean, come on, the original, the original Batman iteration, sure it was campy as all get out, this movie though, kind of the culmination of the series, uh, the best of the series all wrapped up into one movie, (laughs) it's just a timeless delight, Uh, like this isn't a serious movie at all, and that's okay. Adam West is winking at Batman, <laughs> winking at this coalition of villains uh that can't stop cackling maniacally. It's it is it's it's almost a perfect parody of what we see today with DC Comics movies of of the darkness around it. <laughs> it's uh it's fantastic. It has so many amazing gags and tropes. The uh <laughs> The some days you just can't get rid of a bomb scene. <laughs> One of the most iconic things of all time. Uh like don't go if you haven't seen this movie, you have to watch it. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You have to watch this movie. Uh, but go into it knowing this is not the DCEU. This is not Batman Begins. This is not uh Justice League. This is not what you're thinking. This is <laughs> pure fun, let's just put it that way it's pure fun and I think you'll enjoy it number 18 and we'll go ahead and uh, pair in number 17 with it because they are two movies in a series uh, 18 is Red 2 and 17 is Red uh, first of all did did you even know that the two Red movies were DC Comics movies I'm I'm willing to bet you didn't but uh the cast this is this is <laughs> this kind of reminds me of the expendables except with all of our favorite like good actors <laughs> instead of all of our favorite like action heroes <laughs> uh, i mean they're the movies are basically the same i mean they're not they're not the sequel doesn't you know improve on the the original but they're both pretty much fun. They're not, you know, they're not iconic. They're not they're not gonna be like making your your list of your favorite movies ever. But it's such a great cast. The the action is fun. Everybody's having a good time. I mean just it's a it's a delight. It's a joy. Number 16 is Zack Snyder's Justice League, otherwise known as the Snyder Cut, something that they swore didn't exist and that this movie could never be made. And then suddenly HBO Max really needed to sell subscriptions and they're like, okay, well, maybe we can get it done for you. Uh, Look, this is one of those rare instances, very rare instances where we we as the fans have willed something into existence that they would have never released otherwise. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still kind of in awe that it happened. And for that reason alone, it makes me want to love it even more. So I might even be trying harder to love this movie than uh, I generally would. If this, if this had released in theaters as, as it was, I might not have loved it as much, but because I feel like I played a part in bringing it into existence, <laughs> I love it. Look, it is, it's obnoxiously long. I understand that for, four hours, (laughs) but the upside of the four hours is that it does really give the time necessary to flesh out this story. It makes so much more sense than the weird Joss Whedon theatrical cut. Uh, It is, it is Zack Snyder in his purest form uh, whether or not you think that's a good thing is up to you. <laughs> it's a really cool movie to watch. Uh, it's, it's very uh, original in that sense that it, it's like in six parts uh, that it could be viewed as a miniseries made into a movie. Uh, and, you know, it might not be the best story. It might not be the best anything, but it certainly raises the bar. From the original Justice League That came out in theaters Like this is much closer To what I wanted as a kid Than what we saw in theaters And so I loved it And I watched it a couple times It's I'll probably watch it a few times more I enjoyed it Haven't watched the um, The the black and white version Might try that one next uh, Which just feels even more Zack Snyder-esque uh, the only thing that's bad about this movie is that it does a lot of setup for a continuing story that's never going to happen. Like that, that would be a whole new production, and that's never going to happen uh, because WWE, WB is going in a completely different uh, direction with the DCEU for better or for worse which we'll talk about more tomorrow Um, but it's just yeah that that makes me sad the ending scene that's supposed to be showing stuff that's happening in the future uh, the end credits scene you know it looks so good (laughs) like I want to see that I want to see how this happens Superman being used by Darkseid Uh, this ragtag team of heroes and villains trying to save the planet like, I want to see that movie. I want to see Zack Snyder's version of the DC Universe, which would have had a definitive ending, you know, with the last of the, I think, three Justice League movies he had planned. Like, couldn't we have just gone through the whole thing and then you could have rebooted it after that instead of this constant stop start? But anyway, this is where we're at. Uh, and I guess that's fine. This is enough. Uh, For me So if you haven't seen it Definitely see it Number 15 is Batman Forever Uh, This is where the tone shifted In the the Batman movies From Tim Burton's Kind of dark weirdness To a more kind of Campy dark weirdness that went full bore in Batman and Robin, which was on our list of worst DC movies yesterday. Uh, This one, I mean, this was not, again, not the best by any means, but it has so much more to love about it. Uh, Of course, you have the two iconic villains played by two icons of Hollywood, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Yes, please. All day. Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, having what seems like more fun in this role than in any other movie he's ever been in. Yeah, I'm I'm down for it. It was weird. It was fun. Uh, It saw the introduction of uh, Robin in this movie. Like it. (laughs) uh, It's just. It's a good time. It's a good time, man. Number 14, Superman Returns in 2006. This was Brian Singer's attempt to continue on the Christopher Reeve Superman story, uh, which uh, was also kind of weird because it, it, it tried to erase Superman 3 and 4 from existence, which I'm fine with, but you, you just can't really do that. You know, you can't erase it from happening. Uh, it, it really tried. It really tried to be... the next step unfortunately this was brandon routh's first movie and he just he didn't hit the mark man he didn't hit the mark that christopher reeve hit uh and it's really hard to compare yourself to christopher reeve too. Uh, he had the look i mean i was surprised by the look uh, he, he did look very similar to Christopher Reeve in this movie. I I could have believed it. It's a shame that it wasn't higher up on this list because I really wanted it to be. I was stoked for this movie uh, back in 2006. I was just beyond stoked. Uh, and Ralph has gotten so much better in years. You compare him in Superman Returns to him as... Christopher Reeve Superman in the uh, uh, Arrow versus Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event from a couple years ago. I'm like, oh man, that gave me a taste for what he could have been, and wow, wow, it would have been fun. It would have been fun if they'd committed to this and kept going. But that's a problem that DC Comics has, or rather Warner Brothers has with their movies is they don't they don't commit to them even when they have a bad one. You know what I mean? Like, if, uh, if the MCU decided to just change everything because of Thor the Dark World, <laughs> then we wouldn't have gotten Thor Ragnarok. You know what I mean? So you have a bad one. Stick with it and try and make it better the next time. Eventually, you'll get there. Nobody loves Thor The Dark World, but they'll, they'll watch it because it's a part of an overarching story that they do love. So yeah. <sighs> Number 13, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. You might not remember the fact that this animated DC movie was actually a theatrical release. I'm not putting any of the other animated movies on here from DC animation because those are all direct to video. This actually went to theaters. Uh, it's it, you know, it get it gets lost among the live-action Batman movies, but it's better than most of them. DC animation uh, movies are are often very, very good. Like DC knocks their animated movies out of the park which is so unfortunate that you don't know many of them exist because they're all quote unquote direct to video or I guess now direct to HBO Max. Uh, But if you have not watched, like go find a list online of some of the best DC animated movies and just go start watching them. You will not be disappointed. Uh, And this is a good one to start on, Mask of the Phantasm from 1993. Number 12, another animated movie, but not in the same vein. This is the Lego Batman movie. Uh, <laughs> look, some of y'all aren't fans of the Lego movies, and I understand that. But uh, I loved the Lego. This one is probably my favorite of the Lego movies. <laughs> it is, it's funny. It's sweet. It's self-deprecating, uh, <laughs> especially to the Batman movie franchises. Uh, and uh, it came... In the wake of Batman versus Superman. And so it was something that we all needed to kind of fall in love with DC movies again. Uh, it's, it's fun. This, this Lego version of the Joker. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> we don't talk about the two boats. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good. If you haven't watched it, get your kids, get your family and watch this movie. Number eleven is Superman two. I am combining the original version and the Donner cut in this because they're both pretty good. They're both pretty good movies. Um, I mean, it, it made kids everywhere cry because Superman gave up his powers in this movie. You know, he 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 gave up his powers for a normal life with Lois Lane. Uh, I mean, it didn't didn't end that way but i'm trying not to be all spoilery here but uh it's just a good movie it's a good movie i mean it's dated of course it's dated uh it's 1980 i mean it's a it's an old movie at this point but it's uh it's christopher reeve at his near best as superman uh definitely worth a watch i prefer the donner cut for the record Number ten is Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Uh, just from last year, it's uh, okay. It's not as great as the first movie, uh, which we'll talk about here in a bit, because uh, it's definitely on the list. But it's still a pretty good time. Like for some reason, the Wonder Woman movies have taken on the role of the hopeful fun movie that was typically reserved for the superman movies you know and i I complained yesterday about man of steel and and how just you know the superman seems less hopeful whether his character or just like the the tone of the movies in general while wonder woman much the opposite the heroic hopeful fun uh i'm trying to save the world in more ways than just physically kind of character and uh I liked this version. It's a little weird uh, and a, and a kind of different take on Max Lord as well, but not a bad one. Pedro Pascal was, was pretty good in that role, in my opinion. Not everybody loved it, but I loved it. And uh, you know, his kind of semi-redemption scene at the end with his boy kind of made me cry and maybe that's just a parent thing. But uh, yeah, I, uh, mm, mm. I'm gonna cry right now just thinking about it. It's a pretty good movie. Has some weird plot holes, and uh, radar doesn't work like that, but eh, you got to forgive some of this stuff. Number nine, and look, this one surprises even me that I'm putting it this high on the list, but Birds of Prey, also from last year, Uh, or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, Much better than Suicide Squad. Really fun. Uh, Sensory overload, but typically in all the right ways for most of the movie. Uh, A lot of action, probably probably some of the best action in all the recent DC movies. The storytelling's a bit of a mess, (laughs) but all that aside, the, the cast? the the acting the 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 fun bits it's just it was a good it was a romp it was a romp like seriously if you if you didn't want to take this movie seriously because it looked befuddled and the title is just a, a, a train wreck i understand but give it a shot number eight we jump back to wonder woman now this is wonder woman numero uno from 2017 uh it, it does suffer from the the standard uh, "there's there's too much origin story to cram into one movie" <laughs> kind of thing, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 one of the best dang superhero movies I've ever seen. Like it's so good, and I'm I'm one of the guys that didn't care all that much about Wonder Woman like i understand she's part of the like the dc trinity of of big superheroes but you know growing up i didn't really care much for her character i didn't really care much for batman either honestly which i know makes me wrong uh i was big on superman the flash and green lantern those were those have been my three favorites i like the colorful hopeful superhero dudes uh Wonder Woman was kind of secondary to me, along with Batman. This movie, though, made me fall in love with the Wonder Woman story. Uh, I I <laughs> I dig it. Like it, it, the the scene where she walks through you know no man's land during that battle. Goosebumps, dude! Literal goosebumps. Loved this whole thing. I'm not, I'm also not a big fan of movies that take place like in the past, you know, like Captain America, the first one was not my favorite movie. I don't know why I'm like that. I just am. I prefer the now, but I really, really like this movie. I liked it. I like the chemistry with uh, Chris Pine and everything. It's just, it's all good. All good stuff. Little, little flaws to nitpick at. Overall, they're meaningless in the overarching scheme of things because it's a great movie number seven superman the movie from 1978 yes it's this is a oldie oldie but a goodie this is that's the that's this is the definition of oldie but a goodie it's the gold standard of superman movies it was the best Superman movie bar none for years john williams score was fantastic and compelling. We saw an amazing romance between Superman and Lois Lane. You saw that that scene where they f- they fly together. It's one of the most beautiful metaphors for new love ever captured on film. Gene Hackman's version of Lex Luthor is fun. It, it blends that campiness of those early superhero um, things, <laughs> media, <laughs> with you know real theatrical storytelling like it's it was just oh so good so good now i don't know how well it'll translate to this to newer generations i don't know it might be too slow it might be too uh i don't know campy might be too unrealistic but if nothing else it should serve as a history lesson on where true superhero films got their start. Number six, Batman Returns. Michael Keaton's second outing as the Dark Knight. Uh, Also the second Tim Burton fueled Batman movie. Uh, Danny DeVito as the Penguin who emerges from the sewer and runs for mayor of Gotham. It's it's a political thriller, really, (laughs) and it's great. It's really good. I can't. I I could sit here and list a thousand things as to why this is a great movie. It's just one you gotta see, man. So good, such a good movie. Number five is Constantine, Uh, one that I did not know was a DC Comics movie uh, when it first came out. It's a a good balance of like the serious and the ridiculous. Keanu Reeves, of course, is just, you know, he's Keanu Reeves. He's Keanu Reeves. He plays the same character in every movie, and that character is Keanu Reeves. And the good news about that is, is that's a great character. (laughs) It manages to find exactly the right tone for this weird kind of, religious fantasy story, Uh, I mean, everybody who made this movie seemed to get the movie. You know, like nobody was going in there blind, not knowing what this was. It's just another day at work. Like this was a a well-intentioned, well-focused, well-made movie. Number four, The Dark Knight. Now, I might catch a little heat here for it not being number one, and I I get that. It's a really good movie. Heath Ledger's Joker, far and away the best villain in any DC movie, maybe any superhero movie, ever. He elevates what would otherwise just be a kind of basic Batman movie. Uh, It's... (laughs) the the Joker himself tends to be enough to elevate this movie in the brains of everybody else. But there are a lot of flaws in the movie. (laughs) And the movie is a bit too long and it's a little Nolan (laughs) self-indulgent. But all that being said, most of that stuff is, is forgettable and forgivable because of how good Heath Ledger's Joker is. And honestly, I'd have watched it if it was twice as long, if that meant twice as much scenes with Heath Ledger's Joker. So yeah, I'm sorry it's not number one, but it's n- number four is no, no space to uh, sneeze at. So get off my back is what I'm saying. It's a great movie. Number three is Shazam. Who to thunk it, right? This 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 Superman ripoff that both Marvel and DC Comics at one point claimed ownership to used to be called Captain Marvel, if you recall, up until very recently. Uh, <laughs> Zachary Levi, Chuck. The long gangly dude from the nerd herd <laughs> he should say him in a movie where he can't even say his own name without getting hit by lightning It had some of the grossest bad guys ever in it But holy cow if this wasn't one of the funnest coolest superhero outings I have ever experienced. And now I've experienced it multiple times. It's such a good movie. <laughs> it pokes fun at superhero movies in all the right ways. It it does some of the superhero tropes better than most movies. It is funny and dark at the same time. It is such a a good cast from the children up to the adults, all of them fantastic. The story makes sense. There is very little that you have to apologize for in this movie. It is such a well-made movie. It has made me really look forward to the sequel coming up and the side sequel with The Rock coming up. I mean, I'm just, I, I want all of it. I want all the Shazam. I want all the Zachary Levi. Also, Zachary Levi is a believer, and so that makes me uh, that makes me even more happy that we got a we got a we got a God boy uh, defeating the seven deadly sins. <laughs> oh, it's it's great. It's poetic, right? And in another installment of Who to thunk it, number two on this list is Aquaman. Aquaman, the butt of fish jokes aplenty, for all time. Somehow, DC made Aquaman dope. <laughs> He's so cool. How is he the the bad a character <laughs> in? A series with Batman and Superman and all these other characters, he's the big, the threat, the muscle-looking guy, the guy that people are afraid of. I mean, it's full-on ridiculous. And this movie is also full-on ridiculous, and it knows that it's full-on ridiculous because it has to tell the story of Aquaman. That is profoundly silly. In a serious way to keep the serious version of this character going and it pulls it off. It pulls it off spectacularly. James Wan did a fantastic job with this movie. Jason Momoa is fantastic. Fantastic! As Arthur Curry! It's such a I'm smiling through this whole thing. It is such a good movie. How can you not gush about it? Such a big surprise. Who cared about Aquaman ever before this? He was always the afterthought of the Justice League series. Like just no Big Bang Theory made the point where nobody wants to be Aquaman. They, they win his Justice League one year and they uh, whatever care, I don't even remember their names but made the one guy that always is the butt of jokes be him and he's riding on a seahorse like it's a ju- Aquaman is a joke and they did so good Com- the comic books have been trying to make Aquaman cool for years they cut his hand off and gave him like a, a fish spear hand kind of thing what is what are they called uh, the the harpoon, like a harpoon hand they gave him like a water hand <laughs> they, they tried to make him cool for years and that has only impressed a few people but this movie did it the impossible it just, oh wow I'm still in. It's been. It's been what three, four years since this movie came out. I'm still in shock of how good Aquaman is. Aquaman's one of the best parts of the Justice League movies as well. Like, just who'd thunk it? And number one on the list, uh, if you haven't already guessed, by the fact that it hasn't been on either of these lists yet is Batman Begins from 2005. Christopher Nolan's and Christian Bale's uh, initial set out on uh, what would become the Dark Knight trilogy, which overall, probably the best contained story within the DC universe uh, set of uh, media. It's so so well made and so over the top. Batman Begins... it's 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 a complete film. It's it's like Batman's not even a whole lot in the movie as Batman, you know? Like like this is an origin story. But it's an origin story that is compelling in so many new ways. It it's given so much more lore and background to how Bruce Wayne became Batman and why dealing with his own inner demons dealing with his own fears dealing with his own emotions more emotional than any other Batman previous and that's saying something because Christian Bale's not really all that emotional (laughs) as an actor like it's it was it was surreal almost to see a Batman movie like this because we had not seen a Batman true origin before. Like you got a little of it in 1989's Batman, but like this focusing on the entirety of it, how Batman came to be, it took what worked in the Tim Burton movies and the campy Batman movies and kept that, but got rid of the camp, got rid of the ridiculousness And uh, instead took itself uh, seriously, but not too seriously. It still had some some wacky Batman gadgets, but they were presented in a way that made you believe that existed, that could exist. It explained how Batman was able to get all these things made (laughs) with his logo on them, and nobody knew where it came from. It explained how people in the Wayne Enterprises organization didn't find out Bruce Wayne was Batman and even if someone did that secret never got out like it it was such a good well rounded movie that hit all the high points and all the low points at an elevated level Like, even the worst moments of this movie are better than almost any other DC movie's high moments. It's such a good film. Telling such a compelling story. And uh, it's a long movie. But you don't care. Because it's so good. And intense. Michael Caine, also. Just a... Phenomenal uh, addition to the cast Uh, It was going to be Really hard to recast Alfred After the original uh, Actor Who played Alfred for those first four movies As every other character changed He's the only constant in those First four movies People loved him It was going to be really hard to recast Alfred and they did a good job With Michael Caine A perfect job in my opinion (sighs) I, I'll, I'd will i go on for another 10 minutes telling you why this is the best movie, but uh, you probably already know because I'm 100% certain you've seen it. This is one of those movies where it's almost impossible to find someone who hasn't seen it uh, and almost just as impossible to find someone who didn't love it. So if by chance you haven't seen this movie, what the heck are you waiting for? Where have you been? You've been living under a rock? Get to it. And that's it, guys. That's my list of the 19 best DC movies of all time. And that list now, that, that brings us to 38 from the 19 worst yesterday and the 19 best today. And that's, like, all of them. That's all the DC movies, all the theatrical releases that have come out so far. But... There are potentially 19 more on the horizon. So join us tomorrow as we talk about the 19 DCEU movies coming soon.
1: aside. Imagine this. I've just given you $20 and said you're in charge of figuring out dinner tonight. It has to be homemade and it has to feed the entire family. You find a recipe that sounds good, make a trip to the grocery store for all the necessities, bring it home and put it all away until it's actually time to prepare the meal. In the meantime, a member of the family was feeling the effects of anger and made a mad dash to the pantry for a quick snack. Their quick snack, however, was an ingredient you just purchased for your meal, a crucial piece of the puzzle that cannot be substituted without a noticeable change in the outcome. Let chaos ensue. What if I told you you are that crucial ingredient, that you are handpicked and chosen for a specific reason to you? Jeremiah chapter one, verse five says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. How comforting to know we were created with a purpose. No mistakes were made, no alterations needed. But more importantly than that, he set us apart, pulled us aside and placed us where we would be safe until our time for purpose had come. If you had only set your ingredients for tonight's meal aside and separate from the rest of the food, our dinner may not have come with as much stress and frustration. Those ingredients would be safe, not mistaken for something they're not. Remember your purpose. Even when we aren't fully sure of what's to come, don't forget you've been set apart by the creator of all things for a purpose specific to you.
0: Over the course of the last two days, we have taken you through the 19 worst and then the 19 best movies that have ever been released theatrically from DC Comics, and uh, it may surprise you to know there are at least 19 more already on the horizon planned out for the future of the DC Extended Universe. Uh, which has always kind of been an unofficial title, isn't it? Just the DC movie universe. It's weird. Now, <laughs> the the strange thing, the problem, and I brought this up yesterday, the problem with DC movies has been that when they release a movie that doesn't do as well as they'd hoped, they abandon ship. They abandon their plans and go a different direction. And initially that meant scrapping every plan and starting from scratch, which is what they did with Green Lantern. Green Lantern was supposed to be the start of a new, like, massive connected universe of DC comic movies. It was gonna be the beginning. And uh, as I went off in, in, on Monday's show, man, I wish they would have stuck with that. I wish they would have stuck with that and continued to build off it, uh, because that second movie would have probably been really good. That first movie was confuddled because they crammed too much stuff into it, and it had a little bit too much of the cartoony campishness that people weren't wanting anymore in their superhero movies, and they could have corrected that in the second movie. The second movie could have toned down on the CGI, toned down on the goofball stuff, and hyped up a really good story as they were setting up the Sinestro uh, the the fear lanterns, the, the, the Sinestro core, like, it oh, it would have taken off, guys. It would have taken off. And, you know, that's where they were going because they had that teaser clip after credits of Sinestro picking up a yellow ring. And then they abandoned it because Green Lantern did terribly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the deal. Marvel doesn't do that. Not all of Marvel's movies in the MCU have been huge successes. (coughs) Thor Dark World. (laughs) Who likes that movie? Who likes Thor Dark World? But at the same time, who doesn't love Thor Ragnarok? That's one of the best movies in the whole MCU. And it's because they decided to stick it out and keep going and build on what worked and remove what didn't, but not scrap everything entirely. The DCU, the DC, the DCEU, Warner Brothers, behind DC Comics movies, does not seem to have that same level of commitment. It's like they're just jostling around trying to figure out which, uh, which apple to pick from where. And in the end, they wind up just with a a mess instead. Like it's, it's, it's worse now because we are in the extended universe of DC Comics movies that they're committed to, but at the same time have very little direction for. They're not abandoning it, they're just changing how it's going to work for now, which will likely take us, you know, 10, 15 years into the future, before we get back to where they wanted to be already. Man of Steel, not the best movie, but it was alright. It was good enough to launch their thing. Batman vs. Superman, the original theatrical release, was hot garbage. The director's cut, much better, but still not as great as they wanted it to be. Justice League, the Joss Whedon version, hot garbage. Everybody panned it. The Snyder Cut came out. People loved that one much more, despite its flaws, but that story is no longer being told. Then we have the movies like Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Which are phenomenal. Shazam. Amazing. Some of the best movies in the history of DC Comics. And so they know they can't just scrap everything. So what are they going to do? Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And we'll see if it works. Now, you know the MCU right now is going to start taking a multiverse approach. Uh... And that's, that's really ramping up as we're getting into this next season of Marvel movies. DC Comics appears to be doing the same thing, and they've been ramping up for that, too. And so we'll talk about that here in just a bit. But let's start working through this list of upcoming DC Comics movies in the order of their release. And the first one is coming out quick, like uh, about, about, a, about a week about a week from now, uh, a little over a week from now, next next Friday, August 6th, uh, The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad, <laughs> despite the fact that it'll have some of the same characters and it's in the same universe, this is a completely different movie. The Suicide Squad, uh, which if you've not seen a preview for it yet, looks miles better than the original, but who knows? Uh, Warner Brothers looked at some intriguing names to replace director David Ayer on the Suicide Squad sequel. Mel Gibson was approached towards the end of 2016, but Warner Brothers eventually moved on and offered it uh, to... Jummy Colette Serra of the Shadows and Nonstop Fame, only to see him pass. Gavin O'Connor was subsequently set to direct, but while the film seemed uh, primed to start shooting in fall of 2018, O'Connor was uh, apparently taking a too similar take to the Birds of Prey movie, which started first, so he just left. <laughs> so they hired James Gunn. James Gunn was a good choice, and I really hope it pays off. Uh, Will Smith did not want to come back. Margot Robbie, though, is back as Harley Quinn, probably the most important member of the cast to continue. Um, Idris Elba is uh, set to play Bloodsport instead of just replacing Deadshot. He's playing Bloodsport. Uh, But I think originally he was going to just be replacing Will Smith as Deadshot uh, I'm glad they went another character direction because it's always weird. It's always weird when you have to replace a character. It's still it's still shocking to me to see Mark Ruffalo replace Edward Norton in the MCU. Even though we try not to forget it, or 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 James Rhodes' character being changed, <laughs> John, you know Don Cheadle showing up in Iron Man Two. <laughs> Look, it's me. I'm here. Let's move on. Like it was a good nod <laughs> to everybody in the theater saying, "Who the heck? That's Rody? Uh, Yeah, but but I mean, it's it's there's there's a lot of I mean this. This movie looks campy and silly in all the best ways, and I really hope it is. I cannot wait to watch it. I really hope it's going to be good. John Cena's in this freaking movie. It's Peacemaker, and they're so gung-ho about this Peacemaker character, they're already almost done filming an entire HBO Max series based around the character. Um, So, I'm, (laughs) I'm looking forward to this, but I was looking forward to the original Suicide Squad, too. So... We don't know. Coming up next is March 4th, 2022, The Batman. Now, this is starring uh, um, uh, the vampire kid from the Twilight series. Uh, Now, he actually looks like he's going to do a great job in this. And uh, it's going to be kind of a standalone movie, and I don't know the whole thing behind it. I don't think this is supposed to be Ben Affleck's Batman as a kid. Or, well, you know, as a young, younger person becoming Batman for the first time, I believe this is supposed to be a completely separate version of Batman, possibly from a different universe, just like Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, different universe version of Joker. Not the same as uh, 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 a Suicide Squad Joker Jared Leto's Joker and I believe this is supposed to be the same thing Robert Pattinson looks good from what I've seen could be really really good movie not sure what the movie's all going to be about does appear though this will be kind of a a Batman Begins-esque type story early 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 on if not his first year year one kind of thing, but it is not supposed to be an origin story per se just early on. Uh, Actually, I don't think, I think, I think they actually talked about this. I don't think it's year one. I think this is supposed to be like the second year officially that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And it's supposed to be more of a mystery thriller kind of thing. And not so heavy on the action. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a different take. And I'm glad they're going a different route because we've had the Batman story told to death and it's going to be really hard to compete with the uh, the Nolan trilogy when it comes to standalone Batman films. I think Ben Affleck was a great choice for Batman, but we didn't see a standalone Ben Affleck Batman movie. And uh, I think that helped him because again, hard, hard to connect uh, with a new Batman after watching the Nolan trilogy. And so having him be in exclusively uh, shared screen movies with other heroes, that made it a little easier to swallow. But we'll see. We'll see. Next up, Black Adam is coming out July 29th, 2022. Black Adam is, uh, of course, in the Shazam universe of uh, heroes and villains. Black Adam as a character is kind of both kind kind of kind of both depending on the time he's more like a well he's more like a villain who reluctantly helps every now and then uh, in the comics gonna be played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson which I think was a great choice uh, I, I hope they keep the tone of the Shazam movies and they make this a little bit more on the fun side instead of all dark. Um, and this movie is also supposed to introduce the Justice Society of America with uh, Adam Smasher, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Cyclone. I think that'll be fun. None of the none of the heroes that are also like Justice League superheroes. So you're not seeing like original Flash, original Green Lantern or any of those, but uh, it's still going to be good. That's going to be a good movie. I hope, I really hope. Uh, and then The Flash. Now, this is the big one. This one has been in production for what feels like ever. Now I believe it's on the tail end of its filming schedule, and it is set to come out November 4th of 2022. It has confirmed to be starring not only Ezra Miller as The Flash, but Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck as two different versions of Of Batman, which heavily implies this is going to be a flashpoint story. And I believe that's what it's always meant to be. And that is the multiverse going wonky. And then once it's over, once Barry Allen thinks that he's fixed it, things have changed, but nobody realizes it. And this is the new universe moving forward. That's what happened in the comic book story. Uh, One of the best comic book you know, crisis events that have happened in the DC comics universe, but it brought about the new 52, which was largely, well, I don't say largely just, it was split. It split fans. Uh, It was good in a lot of ways. It was bad in a lot of ways. And that's kind of what I feel like they're having to do here. And the reason why is because like I said, things weren't going as good as WB wanted. And instead of trying to build on that and learn from that and continue the story forward to keep some sort of continuity, they're hitting the reset button and trying their best to do what, exactly what they do in the comic books whenever they have events like this. Keep, what, keep what's working and rework what's not. And by rework, I mean recast and redo and change up and uh, a new origin story, all kinds of stuff for a lot of other people. So I don't know if this leads to... Robert Patton's Batman also, at the tail end of that movie, being the new Batman, a new younger Batman, um, I don't know. I really don't know the plan. It's going to be weird, but this is supposed to be able to fix some of the issues by altering the timeline. Um, It's... It's a big ask. It's a big ask of this movie. Now, I think this movie can be great, and I hope to God that, they, that they're able to balance the story well enough that it is a fun movie with a compelling story that is satisfactorily concluded with this new series, with these new heroes, with this new timeline, and that they commit to this. is uh, also in the movie, uh, played by Sasha Calle. It's unclear if these guest superheroes are going to continue in DC Comics properties moving forward or not. Um, if they do, that's great. But there's two outcomes that I see happening with this movie. One... We reformulate into a new main timeline with main superheroes or two, we split apart everything and we're back to an unconnected DC universe, which I don't think is the best plan because everything is connected universes now, for better or for worse, fans are gonna expect crossovers. Fans are gonna expect a connected universe. And so if we're going back to separate things where superheroes basically exist in a vacuum, then eh, nobody's going to want to... That's going to take an air of believability out of the story because we know there's supposed to be other superheroes out there. That was the issue with all single superhero movies in the past. The one glaring question was where are all the other superheroes at (laughs) Uh, because if they're like world ending events, they should be existing right now, which of course, you know, we knew, well, they're not going to cast an entire DC universe uh, to play alongside Christopher Reeve. But (laughs) that was still a question in the back of our minds because we know that's how comics work. And so if we're going to go back to that, where every superhero exists in a vacuum, there's no crossover ever, no mention of others. That's going to be difficult to swallow. So we'll see. But from here forward, you'll notice there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunity for crossover. And so that really throws that question out there even harder. Are they just going to double down on not having superheroes acknowledge the existence of any other superheroes anymore? here we go in December a month later <laughs> of 2022 Aquaman sequel Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is coming out uh, this is uh, this is James Wan this is James Wan taking on a sequel which he is he is uh, uh, hard-pressed to do he doesn't like making two movies in a same series uh, generally, so it 's kind of a big deal that he 's still in on this. Uh, everybody seems to be coming back for it, and uh I mean, Aquaman One was just just a runaway hit, like amazingly good, and so hopefully this one blows it out of the water. There was another spin off called the Trench that was supposed to be happening, focusing on those. Uh, characters from the first Aquaman movie, and that has been canceled. Um, so all all their all their Aquaman eggs are in this basket, and uh, I hope, I hope against hope, it continues on. Next up is Shazam: Fury of the Gods. This comes in June second, twenty twenty three. Uh, Zachary Levi back again, and uh, I get this is just like Aquaman. It was such a good movie. I really hope they can continue on and uh get this done in a fun way and then i hope that again turns into another sequel where black adam and and uh shazam meet that would be fun wonder woman 3 that has been announced no release date yet uh this this is supposed to be the third of a three movie arc for Wonder Woman, for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Uh, don't know what time it's set in. Don't know if that's going to be in the present now or if it's going to be in the, the 90s or the early 2000s. Who knows? Um, but Gal Gadot is back for that. Patty Jenkins is back directing it. Uh, I can't see anything wrong with this. Like these 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 last three movies are no-brainers. They have to happen because they are some of the best DC Comics properties in movies right now. And so, yeah, it's got to happen. Now, there is another Superman movie and they're calling a lot of people are calling it a reboot. I'm not certain it qualifies as a reboot because it really sounds like a multiverse story. This is a new Superman story. And uh the, b- b- if 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 you if you heard this story briefly or read this headline a few months ago, and you thought that this was, they're recasting Superman as a black man. That's not what's happening. Uh, I remember they did that same thing with one of the James Bond movies recently. The headlines were like 007 will be a black person for the first time ever. And then you read the story, and you're like, but it's not James Bond. James Bond just loses that title. He doesn't get to be called 007 anymore, and they move it to somebody else. Like, it was a fake out. The headline, though, was deliberate to cause uproar. This, and it has nothing to do with race, by the way, people that get upset about this stuff, has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with wanting to keep the continuity of the original character from the comics straight. We don't want to change up things that have no reason to be changed, and I understand that. This character, this Superman version, uh, is not Clark Kent... Uh, as a black man. Like it's, it's not that change. It is a different Superman from a different universe. I cannot remember the name of that Superman off the top of my head, but he's been in the comics for years. Um, Mostly surrounding about multiverse stories. Uh, I think in one instance, he's, he's president and Superman at the same time. Uh, I think they were kind of going for a Barack Obama feel. At one point, I think this was in the New 52 when they did this. I apologize. I don't have so much information on it. I just know for a fact that this is not them just taking uh, the Clark Kent story and changing everything that everybody knows around just for the sake of, I don't know, equality or whatever you call it. This is another character also named Superman. And why not give him a shot, right? The Man of Steel movies, uh, or the Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League trilogy, uh, you know, didn't really hit all the punches that they want. Why not take a break? The the Christopher uh or, or or rather the Brendan Ralph Superman didn't hit all the punches that we wanted. The last two Christopher Reeve Superman movies were pure garbage. It's been hard to make a good Superman movie for a long time, so why not try a different version for a while? Huh? Huh? So I'll give it, give it a chance. Is all I'm saying. Uh, another movie that's been announced is Zatanna. Zatanna uh, is a a magician superhero. Um, the the most I know of her was from Smallville, where she was a a recurring character in the later seasons. Um. I mean, she's got a lot of lore to her, There's a, and it's being produced by Bad Robot. It could be good, but it's going to be one of those outsider kind of movies, one of those weird movies that's not focused on the main superheroes that you're planning on seeing. But if Marvel has proven anything, it's that you can still tell compelling, compelling stories with some of those outsider characters. Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, most people... Didn't even bother acknowledging their existence on the comic shelf until that movie came out. So, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo anything that tries. Uh, another movie announced is uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, no date on that. Uh, filming was supposed to begin this fall. I'm not sure if that's still going to happen. Uh, but uh, Blue Beetle, it's going to be telling the story of the new Blue Beetle, I believe, not Uh, Not any of the two previous versions that you might uh, know already. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because Blue Beetle rarely stands alone in the comics. It's always been a team up of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold that really draws people into Blue Beetle as a character. And uh, I believe there was at one point an announced movie of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And uh, I don't know where that went. I don't know where that went. I hope that Booster Gold is still in this movie, even if it's more of a focus on Blue Beetle instead of them as a duo. But uh they work best together, man. They're the buddy cop team. They're the they're the team that play off of each other. Uh both versions, both of the latest versions of Blue Beetle in the comics. And uh yeah, I, I, I that's what I need. And so I don't know. I don't know if I even really want to see just a Blue Beetle movie, you know? I will. But that's not what I want. I don't think that's what most people want. Uh Batgirl has been announced. Um not a whole lot. From here on out, there's not a whole lot that we know about the movie. Uh this this has been trying to be made since twenty seventeen. Uh in fact they tried to get Joss Whedon to write it and direct it uh, back then, and things just things just keep going wrong, as they typically do. Uh with <laughs> uh with WB Productions for DC Comics Uh, The reason why that Initially got kicked Is because Joss Whedon had to take over Directoral duties for Justice League When Zack Snyder had to step aside for family reasons And uh, It just Yeah, it it was kind of gone By 2018 They didn't even have a story for it And so What do we do? You know <laughs> where do we go from here? Uh, it was just this past May that they finally said that they have a director uh, and and a writer for the script, but they're nowhere close to having it developed and ready to go. Black Hawk, uh, this one is still in in uh, development, but they are trying to get Steven Spielberg to direct it. Uh, The project is based on a DC comic of the same name, which revolved around a team of ace pilots during World War II. This is less a superhero movie uh, than a comic book movie, and uh, when initially announced, uh, all we know for sure is that Spielberg is is hopefully going to produce the film and possibly direct it, Uh, but it's very tenuous. Spielberg has a lot of fingers and a lot of pots at all times, Um, but... If the right script comes along, they could pull this off. Uh, I I can see how this is a big challenge, because not only is it a DC movie, it's also not really a superhero movie. This is more along the lines of the Jonah Hex style movie, which Jonah Hex was a garbage vest. So this is one of those other properties that's still clinging on in DC comics that has nothing to do with superheroes from their early days. Uh, there is a Black Hawk superhero inspired by these characters, but this is not about that. So that's where we are. Those are all the movies that, uh, well, almost all the movies that have been uh, figured out. Now, there are a few more on this list that are big giant question marks but have been announced as in development there's an untitled Jared Leto Joker movie still being reported as in development despite the fact that Jared Leto is apparently moving into the Sony Spider-Verse for his Morbius movie Uh, this is supposed to be a completely different (laughs) Joker-focused movie than Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, no idea if it's supposed to be tied to the Suicide Squad movies. No idea if it's supposed to be tied to the Zack Snyder Batman stuff. No idea if it's even actually still happening, but... The rumors are still out there. And in addition to that, a separate untitled Joker slash Harley Quinn movie is planned. Now, I would love this because this would give some sort of a uh, 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 real backstory to their couple-ship, couple dumb, and maybe fall from that that we saw in Birds of Prey. We've seen a lot of story about Joker and Harley Quinn, but all from Harley Quinn's perspective and very little from Joker's. And uh, even more of that was hinted in the the Zack Snyder Justice League like uh, teaser, teaser clip at the end of the movie, end of the credits. Like, there's a lot to this story that I would love to see play out, including its origins. Like, it's a it's a, it's a great story in the comics. And seeing that on screen would be fantastic. Don't know if it's going to happen. But we'll see. Uh, Supergirl is in development as well. Now, like I said, Supergirl is going to appear in the Flash movie coming out next year. And so if they're going to be continuing on with that version of Supergirl, or if they're going to be coming up with a new universe version of Supergirl, nobody knows. But the screenplay is being written, apparently, by the same person who wrote the Cloverfield Paradox. Not much else is known. Um, We'll see. We'll see how the Flash goes, and we'll see how, uh, uh, how well that character resonates with people and i think that'll largely determine whether or not this movie will even exist. Next up is a Nightwing movie, which i don't know. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure if this one's going to happen. This might be this might be shelved for a while because right now they're focusing on Nightwing in the Titan series on on HBO Max, and it's doing fairly well. I've been watching... I watched those first two seasons, which were all about building up. Well, not all about, but with the main character, it was about building him up into Nightwing, being his own superhero. Uh, I think it's been brilliantly told, uh, if not a little... Maybe a little too rough, but still a good story. And so I'm not sure they're going to want to do this uh, for a long time. So... Who knows if this will even happen? It does have a director, uh, but I don't think it's anywhere near written or anything of that nature, so even announcing the director right now seems premature, so we shall see. Uh, Justice League Dark is also supposed to be in development right now, which would focus on Constantine and and uh, maybe Dead Man. Um, The Enchantress from that first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, There's there's a whole list. There's a whole list of of dark versions. Spectre, uh, possibly even Swamp Thing, since uh, its TV show bombed. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Could be fun. Could be fun. And then uh, there's still rumors of... An untitled Man of Seal 2 sequel. Henry Cavill, possibly still in the role. As, As recently as 2019, he said he hadn't given up yet that that movie was going to come to fruition. It's been, still been worked on in the background, off and on. For a while now Would Zack Snyder be invited back to To direct this one I don't know (laughs) Probably not Because I think they want to move on from Zack Snyder Um, Yeah I I have No idea all I do know is that This is not That other Superman movie that we talked about before So if this comes to get which I I like Henry Cavill and I I really Want him to have a, a Perfect Superman movie and so One more could be good. And if it's in a new multiverse, new version world of the DC uh, Extended Universe after The Flash, then it could be a, a redo, a reboot told in a better way. Um, why not, hey? Why not? Why not give it another shot? And then there's also the untitled Deathstroke movie, which was teased at at the end of Justice League, but again one of those questions of is this gonna happen deathstroke was supposed to be the primary villain in ben affleck standalone batman movie and so mm, that ain't happening <laughs> he might be in the flash who knows the flash is supposed to have a whole lot of surprises that we're not even aware of could be really fun But would we get a Deathstroke movie now after that? I don't know. And they've also focused heavily on Deathstroke on Titans as well. So who knows if they're ever going to go down this road. But as of right now, uh Joe Mangeliano has not given up hope that he'll get to reprise his role in the future, and that's it. That is the nineteen movies that are still upcoming uh, as it stands right now in the d c movie timeline uh as for if any of these will actually come to pass i think we're I think we're good all the way up through uh maybe zatana. But beyond that, I think it's really up in the air. (laughs) And I don't know, Uh, I'm I'm, I'm certain we'll get, I'm certain we're gonna get that Superman, that different version of Superman. I'm certain we're gonna get Wonder Woman 3, Shazam, Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. All of those are gonna happen, I'm, I'm positive of it. And those are the first three movies coming after The Flash. But beyond that, I feel like it's all up in the air. And I feel like they might all be just kind of left in the dust. Like that uh, Lobo movie that, that that they teased. And now there's, nah, never mind. That would have been fun, right? Anyway, that's been our list of 19 movies coming up soon. We'll see if the DC Universe gets any better. Meanwhile, Marvel still out there kicking, kicking butt. Ugh, it's got to be good to have them Disney dollars, right? And that's going to do it for this week's Rollback. We hope you enjoy this week's main topic. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it and we'll love you forever. Make sure you check out lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, other podcasts and videos. And a lot more. And if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, even specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Just search at the back row LTN and connect with us. Also join that Discord, backroaddiscord.com, and you can get in on the show. Uh, You know what? That's it. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.